Hey, uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Welcome, everybody here in, in uh, Waukesha, everybody in Pewaukee, everybody joining us online. Uh, great to have you with us. Good to be back. I appreciate the church allowing me to uh, take a few weeks to study and prepare and, and, and plan for the uh, upcoming year. I appreciate uh, several staff members who I thought gave great messages uh, these past few weeks. Let's show them appreciation. Let's give them a hand. Yeah, they did great. Yeah, uh, now today I want to get started with a, uh, a question that I'm sure you're going to get it right, okay? It's a simple question, and uh, here it is. What is this right here? Some of you are like, I think that's a chair, but since I'm in church, maybe I should say Jesus. But no, it's a chair. It's an uh, empty chair that uh, somebody, uh, that a person sits in. Did you know that there are people who go to great lengths to make sure that there are no uh, empty chairs uh, like this? For example, every year at the Academy Awards uh, live broadcast, they use uh, chair fillers. Did you know this? And so when one of the celebrities, maybe during the ceremony, let's say Meryl Streep, uh, gets up and leaves to use the restroom, a chair filler moves in and sits in her chair until she gets back. The producers don't want the cameras to catch an empty chair. They want to avoid having empty chairs. Did you know that there are just a bunch of uh, apps for filling seats, like uh, SeatGeek, and StubHub, whether it's a, a chair at a movie theater or concert or sports event, everyone wants chairs to be filled. And during COVID, people have come up with some really creative ways to fill chairs. Have you seen in uh, Major League Baseball, they use uh, cutouts in, in the seats in the stadium. You can actually buy one of these. You can, you can have your picture or some people have their uh, pet's picture put on one of these. This is a, a fan from uh, Chicago. He bought 100 of these cutouts, and he filled an entire section at White Sox Stadium. Uh, they also uh, filled chairs with uh, uh, stuffed animals. Uh, take a look at this uh, video clip we have. Uh, this is at an Oakland A's baseball game. One of the A's players hits a line drive, and uh, ow, yeah, yeah, got the teddy bear, but he popped right back up. He's, he's fine. He's, he's smiling. He made a quick uh, recovery, but uh, I can't bear to watch that again. That, that is just... That is just un unbearable. So they filled seats with teddy bears and uh, cutouts. Even churches got in on this and had some, some cutouts. We've got a picture here from a church uh, that uh, put cutouts in the pew. These people put some uh, clothes on their uh, cutout. It's almost like being in church for real, but I've heard it's kind of a flat uh, experience. Uh, everyone uh, wants chairs to be uh, filled. And uh, during COVID, many of you have watched online, maybe some of you right now, you're sitting in a chair in your living room, maybe your kitchen, maybe your backyard, maybe you're in a chair in your dorm room. You can experience God in any chair. But there's something missing when one of these chairs is uh, empty. Well, today we finished a series. It's called The Invitation. And uh, this series is helping us prepare for a really important special weekend next weekend. We're calling it Show Up Weekend. And we're challenging everybody to not just show up, but to invite five people, five friends, maybe neighbors, coworkers, maybe classmates, maybe family uh, members, to show up and fill a chair. Uh, in person or online. And uh, if you haven't received one of these, one of these packets already, uh, be sure to pick one up. They're available at the uh, entrances to the uh, auditoriums. You can, you can use this uh, list right here, and you can write your five names right here of people that you're going to pray for. 
and you're going to invite to come next weekend. And then we've got these business size uh, invitations that have information about the church that you can give to them. And if you're watching online, you can go to our website, and this entire packet is available digitally. You can, you can download this. But the goal is not just to fill chairs, not just to get more connections online. No, we invite people because Jesus makes our life better. And he makes us better at life. And many, many people right now, oh, they're, they're just, they're dealing with fear and stress and anxiety and depression and need Jesus now more than ever. It's a tough time. But God can do amazing things when a person fills one of these. Yeah. I, I want you to do me a favor and just take a moment. Look around. Look at the chairs, some of the empty chairs around you, maybe in front of you, behind you, maybe to your left, to your right. What do you think of? What do you see when you see an empty uh, chair? You know, maybe you think, oh, that's a good place to put my uh, coffee or my phone or my jacket. Or maybe you think, well, that's a good place to sit behind so that I have an unobstructed uh, view. Maybe it's a reminder that we're in a, a pandemic with social distancing. But an empty chair is so much more. And you know what? If, that's st- if that chair stays empty... That is a missed opportunity. And I know that might seem dramatic, but it's true. I mean, God can do great things, but God can't do much. God can't do much with an empty chair. There's there's nobody here for for, uh, God to help. There's nobody here for the Holy Spirit to to, uh, work on. There's nobody here for us to connect anybody to. But when somebody fills a chair, amazing things Amazing things can happen. Today, I want to take a look at a story that Jesus told. It's often called the parable of the great banquet. But I think you could also call it the parable of the empty chairs. And to set the scene for this story, I want you to see the verse right before the story Jesus uh, tells. Here's what Jesus says. Blessed is the person who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Did you know that throughout his teaching... Jesus would often compare the new life that he brings to eating a feast. Yeah, uh, throughout scripture, uh, we, we, we see that food is used to represent God's grace and love and God's presence and God's abundance. In the Old Testament, people would often gather for, for feast as part of their religious life. In the book of Revelation, it says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the lamb. Food has always symbolized God's grace and God's love and God's presence and God's abundance. Knowing Jesus is is like attending a, a great banquet, a beautiful banquet that never ever ends. And uh, that's why I brought some of my uh, favorite food items along with me uh, today. My aunt uh, comes over to our house and, and uh, she, she likes to bring bread uh, over from a, a bakery called uh, Breadsmith. Anybody like bread? We got any people here that enjoy good bread? Oh yeah, I got some good bread here for you. Uh, sometimes she'll bring a loaf of uh, sourdough or French bread or rye bread or pretzel bread. That's a good one. But I think this one right here is probably my favorite. This is challah bread. It's actually a Jewish bread. And it is amazing bread. I mean, I eat one piece of this, and I want to eat all of it. Do you know that Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life because he fills us, and he satisfies us like good bread. And then uh, for dessert, I got some cheesecake here. Anybody like cheesecake? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, a, this, is a, this is a great cheesecake right here. This comes from a bakery in Wauwatosa called Simma's Bakery. Yeah, it's got a layer of raspberry filling in here, and it's got chocolate ganache covering it. I, I'll tell you, the first time I had their cheesecake was actually at a wedding. The bride and groom had a, a wedding cake made by Simma's, made of their uh, cheesecake, and it was the best wedding cake Ever. I'm telling you, Simba's cheesecake, it's from Jesus himself. It is. And now, I'm not trying to make you hungry, all right? But I'm just trying to show you how food uh, symbolizes throughout Scripture. Food symbolizes God's grace, God's love, God's presence, and God's abundance. And Jesus invites every one of us to enjoy a banquet with him. That never, ever uh, ends. And so he goes on and he tells this story about this great, great banquet with empty chairs. Uh, but he tells this story at a real banquet uh, held at the home of a prominent religious leader called a Pharisee. Other VIPs also gathered for this banquet. And they all thought highly of themselves because Jesus notices how they pushed and shoved each other out of the way to try to get the best seats at the banquet when they begin to serve the food. Picture these guys like speed walking and elbowing people out of their way to get the best seats. Because getting invited to a banquet in that culture meant more than now you've got something to do on the weekend. It said something about your social status. It meant you belong. You're important. You're part of the in crowd. You're included. And it still works that way today. We've all had the experience of opening up snail mail or email, and you open it up and you're like, wow, I got invited. Feels good, doesn't it, to get invited to a party, a wedding, any kind of, of a social gathering, a banquet. You feel better, a little better about yourself. So in the, in the middle of this banquet full of these important people jockeying for the, for the best seats, Jesus tells a story about a great banquet and some empty chairs. And here's how the story goes. A man prepared a great feast and uh, sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, uh, one said uh, I have just bought a pair of five oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of the, those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. And so this man uh, throws this great banquet, this, this great feast for some special occasion, and it doesn't tell us what he served for the food, but I'm imagining it's some really good food. I'm picturing like a chef with a carving table with prime rib and asparagus, maybe garlic mashed potatoes, maybe some challah bread. I mean, it's Jewish bread. And maybe for dessert, some Simma's cheesecake. I mean, that sounds pretty good about right now, doesn't it? And understand, he didn't invite these people last minute. Back in that culture, they actually sent two invitations. The first invitation probably went out a few weeks ahead of time, kind of like one of those save the dates that you get in the mail that are magnetized. You slap it on the refrigerator and you write it down in your calendar so you don't forget the date. That's the first invitation. But then the second invitation would come the day of the event once the preparations and food were finally made. It's kind of like, okay, we're all ready. Come on over, you know, come and eat. The food's ready. But here's what happens. The, 
first people in the story uh, replied yes. They, they replied yes to the first invitation. But when the second invitation came, they started to make excuses, which frustrated the host because he planned and provided and prepared all this food. But remember, this really isn't just a story about a great banquet, a great meal going to, to waste. Jesus uses this banquet to represent God's kingdom. God is the host, and he gives a free ticket to every person to enjoy a banquet that never ends. God invites us to a new kind of community with a new kind of love, a new grace, a new forgiveness. And that's why God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. Jesus said, I've come that they, you and I, may have life and have it to the full. And that's what God offers to us through this story. But as, as God calls people to the table, the excuses begin to roll out. I have to inspect a field. I just bought oxen. I just got married, which that one kind of seems a little lame to me. Like, uh, you know, wouldn't most newlyweds want a, a free date night, want a free banquet? But these excuses represent how God gives everyone a free ticket to an amazing feast. And every day people say, some people say, I'm going to take a pass. I'm going to take a pass. But the host is determined to fill every single chair. So he tells his servants, go out and invite anybody you can find. See, Jesus is not being subtle. He wants every person invited. And here's the reason why. He says, so that the house will be full. That's why an empty chair is never just an empty chair. It is so much more. The empty chair is really an opportunity. That, that empty chair near you is an opportunity for a student to find friendship during a season of loneliness. It's an opportunity for a couple struggling in their marriage to find hope and healing. It's an opportunity for a coworker striving for success to find meaning and purpose in life. It's an opportunity for somebody that you care about and love to find a personal relationship with God through Jesus. That's why God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. And I want you to notice the urgency in this story. Back in ancient times, you know, they didn't have preservatives, they didn't have refrigerators, and so the food that got made that day, it had to be eaten that day. It had to be eaten right away. That's why the host tells the servants, look at this, go quickly, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite everyone. Jesus says, invite Everybody you can find because there's no time to waste to invite people to the banquet. The food is ready. Now is the time. And look at this. He says, invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Yeah, and by the way, I don't think that these people were on the guest list. I don't think the people who were at this uh, banquet uh, planned to in invite these kinds of people. They, they, these were the wrong people. These kinds of people don't make the guest list for the rich and the famous. But Jesus says, they're on my guest list. And I want them invited to the uh, banquet. Jesus says, there's no in crowd or out crowd. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is invited to the banquet. You ever noticed how sometimes in life we, we uh, label people? Uh, we categorize uh, certain people as in crowd and uh, out crowd. But uh, that can change. Over time, uh, sometimes, uh, for example, in school, uh, you know, certain students are in crowd and, and, and popular. Um, 
But if you're a little different, if you're a little awkward, if you're a little nerdy, you're not, you're not the in crowd, you're the out crowd, and you don't sit at the same table, at the same uh, lunch table with the uh, in crowd. But uh, if you're a little nerdy, uh, be patient, uh, hang in there, <laughs> study hard at school, learn how to problem solve and work hard, and be productive. I heard about this cheer they have at uh, Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon University in uh, Pittsburgh. I got to go to visit uh, Pittsburgh earlier this year, and we drove by Carnegie Mellon University, one of the best engineering schools, top engineering schools in our country, but it's, it's kind of a nerdy school, and uh, Carnegie Mellon has always got slaughtered in sports. They always get hammered in athletics, and so they made up a cheer at Carnegie Mellon. Whenever the other team scored, a touchdown, the fans for Carnegie Mellon would chant this cheer. They would say, that's all right, that's okay, you'll be working for us someday. And sometimes that happens. The out crowd becomes the in crowd. And I think that's what Jesus says in this story. Those who have gotten excluded, pushed aside, passed over all their life, they're now invited to the feast. Invited to God's banquet, Jesus rebukes the VIPs. He says, I'm bothered by how you've excluded certain people who are a little different than, than you. He's saying it doesn't matter who you are or what you're like. Everyone is invited to the feast. And so he says, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite anybody that you can find because the food is ready. Now is the time. And so I want you to think about those, those five people that, you know, you've written down to pray for and invite to show up weekend, next weekend. I mean, do you know how much, do you know how much God wants them here? Now, I'm not saying, you know, that uh, sitting in one of our chairs is the only way, you know, that somebody's going to find Jesus. No, but it is a way, and it's a good way. Maybe some of us need to ask ourselves, is there anyone that I've overlooked? You know, maybe some of us, what we need to do is add a sixth or a seventh or an eighth person to our list. And make sure our list reflects God's desire that everyone gets invited. Ask yourself, is there anybody that maybe I've excluded or ignored? Maybe not intentionally. Maybe you just kind of forgot them. Who might that be? Who needs to get invited to the table? Because a simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. And every weekend, uh, God throws just a great banquet here at River Glen, it's a banquet of God's music, a banquet of God's presence, a banquet of God's love, a banquet of God's word. We even have a kid's table at the uh, banquet, and it's not like the kid's table that maybe you were relegated to at family get-togethers uh, growing up until you're 14 years old. No, we, we designed this table with kids in mind. It's called Kid Life, and we've got the edge for middle school students and Unite for high school students every week. Every week, God throws a great banquet uh, here. But sadly, hundreds and thousands of people have never experienced what we get to experience here each uh, weekend. Even with all the great churches in Milwaukee and, and Waukesha, hundreds of thousands of people have yet to experience God's banquet. Now, they might say, I'm too busy, or maybe some other reason they'll give for saying I'm not interested. But God cannot bear the thought of wasting his banquet. And so he sends us out to invite everyone because his banquet is for all people. It's for older people, younger people. It's for the rich. It's for the poor. It's for Coke drinkers and Pepsi drinkers. It's for Packer fans and 
Even Viking fans are, are welcome. It's for Democrats and Republicans. Look at this. It's a banquet for every nation, tribe, people, and language. And God's banquet is life-changing. I mean, we've seen this happen over and over, how a simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. I made a new friend this summer. I attended one of the uh, summer active groups, and uh, I made a new friend named Tim. And I, I want you to hear his story about getting invited. Take a look. Got a great story. Let's, uh, let's give a hand to Tim and his family. And I love that. That's a power of an invitation. A simple invitation can change a life. It can change a family. You know, God can do amazing things, but God can't do much with an empty chair. But when somebody sits in one of these chairs, God can do just amazing, amazing uh, things through a simple invitation. A few months ago, I uh, read an article about a new restaurant coming into our area. Uh, 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 Lou Malnati's announced that they would open a new location in uh, Brookfield. And uh, I thought to myself, wow, you know, Lou Malnati's is, uh, is coming to Brookfield. That is, that is great. I don't know if you've ever been to Lou Malnati's. It's a famous pizza restaurant in the Chicago area. Been on Food Channel. Many times they have amazing, amazing uh, pizza. What do you think I did uh, right after I read that article? I grabbed my phone. Grabbed my phone and I, I texted some friends and said, hey, Lou Malnati's is coming to Brookfield. We'll have to go when it uh, opens up. And Lou Malnati's is amazing, but as good as it is, we've got something that's so much better than pizza, so much more life-changing. And that's why we need to include and invite as many people as we can to God's uh, banquet. And that's what Jesus tells us to do in this uh, story. And so i got two challenges uh, for you, uh, two challenges based on this story that Jesus tells. Here's the first one. We've got to take our own seat at the table. We've got to take our own seat at the banquet. We, we live in this world that pulls us in so many directions and provides many reasons to do something other than uh, gather here on the weekends. And maybe sometimes like the people in the story, we make excuses. But I want to encourage all of us to take our seat at the table. Because when we gather together and when we take our seat, God has something that he wants to give us. God has something that that he wants us to receive. He has love for us. He has hope for us. He gives us, he gives us grace. He gives us purpose. But we've got to take our seat at the table, and that'll take some intentionality. We may need to rearrange our, our schedules. We may need to say no to some good things for ourselves or for our kids so that we can say yes to the best thing because God has something beautiful for us to experience at his banquet. And so that's the first challenge. Let's take our own seat at the table. And then the second challenge is that God sends us out to invite others in. That's what this story is about. That's what this series is about. I love the way that uh, N.T. Wright puts it. Theologian N.T. Wright. Take a look at what he says. It isn't enough to say that we ourselves are the people dragged in from the country lanes to our surprise to enjoy God's party. That may be true. Look at this. But party guests are then expected to become party hosts in their turn. I think he makes a great point. Too many of us, myself included, we still see ourselves as, as guests, party guests, and we forget that we're now the host. Because when I'm a host, I take it personally when there's an empty chair. Hosts will do whatever they can to go out and invite people so that God's house will be full. Because we know that a simple invitation can turn an empty chair 
into a full life. And our, our team has done a great job preparing for next weekend. We have a, a service plan that I think is going to be very inspiring to everyone. We're going we're to understand, have a better understanding of the abundant life that Jesus has for us. And after each service next weekend at both campuses, we're going to have a big outdoor celebration. It's going to be spread out kind of like a, like a farmer's market. We're going to have live music outside. We're going to have lots of food. We're going to have some of our community partners that will be with us. We're going to have a petting zoo. And uh, I brought along, we're going to have some irresistible uh, cinnamon uh, rolls uh, for everyone. Doesn't that look good? But you got to come next week. Uh, make sure you come and, and, and get one of those uh, on us. Uh, a cinnamon roll for you and, uh, and, and your guests. Talk about a feast. We're going to have one next weekend. And we're also here in Waukesha, we're going to reveal the, the new updated student center that you help support with the Christmas offering. And uh, it looks great. You're going to definitely want to stop in and uh, take a look. And, and I know it, it takes courage to invite someone. I know that. I know how it feels. <clears throat> but sometimes I think we add pressure to ourselves. I mean, I don't know everything about Lou Malnati's uh, pizza. You know, there's a lot of questions I can't answer about Lou Malnati's. I just know it's really good pizza, and I like to tell people about it. And I like to invite people to try it. In, in the same way, we don't have to know every answer to invite someone to God's banquet. Just say, hey, we're having a special weekend at our church. My church has really helped me. I go to the, the 5 o'clock service on Saturday. Come and sit with me. Come and sit with me. If they live far away or if they're not ready to come in person, invite them to attend online. So let's go out and invite as many people as we can to come to God's banquet because a simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. Imagine the people that are on your list that you're praying about. Imagine if they come. And, and, and imagine them, you know, leaning in and hearing something that grabs their attention. And maybe they experience something they've never experienced before. Imagine, imagine that person coming to know God's love in a way they have never known before. So who can you invite uh, next weekend? Think about your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, your family members. And Think about people you might run into this week. Maybe you don't know them that well. You can still invite them. Don't limit yourself to just the first few people that you think of. Who are the people? You, maybe you haven't thought of them yet. Who, who's the last person that you think might come next weekend? Maybe they need to be on your list. Maybe your invitation will be the first domino that causes the rest of them to fall. Hey, I'm going to pray for us. And then if you haven't already, I hope you'll, you'll, you'll take out this paper and... And write down the names of uh, five, five people. Or you can just take out your phone and use the memo app. Or, or, or take out a piece of paper and write down five names. If you've already done that, if you've already made your list, add to it. Think of some more names. Pray for those names. Pray for next weekend for God to make an impact on the lives of these people. I'm going to pray. And then, and then we can work on our, our list as we, as we listen to this next song. Let me pray uh, for us. God, we know that your heart is for every person. And I can't express just how overwhelming and astounding it is to me that there's no in crowd and out crowd in your kingdom. God, we know that your heart beats fast for every single person in this room. 
God, your heart beats fast for every single person in Waukesha, Pewaukee, Milwaukee, and every person in the surrounding communities, every person we work with, every person we live next to, we go to school with. God, help our hearts to beat as your heart beats and send us out and give us the courage to, to go out and invite people to come and taste and see that you are good. God, we love you. Thank you for inviting us to your table. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.